I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! I was I was wondering if it was going to be Green Knight or uh, the the Marvel lawsuit situation, but honestly, that's kind of still going. I kind of want to see how that how that shakes out. Yeah, I want to see how that shakes before I start. I mean, I have before an lending my. We can definitely, definitely share our initial arguments. I definitely I, have an opinion, and my opinion is suing Disney is one of the coolest things you could possibly do. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do it and while also, like smoking a and ciggy like and flipping the bird. <laughs> Like that is, you're the coolest person on the planet Earth. Right. Even if I don't love Scarlett Johansson as like a human being, but but like you're doing the Lord's work, which is again weird for you. But somebody's got to. I mean, it's unfortunate, right? Is that like, yeah, you know the the people who are really being screwed over are the nobody, nothing, no name actors who the big studios and big streaming services can just shove around like. <laughs> Like, yeah. they're fucking kids in a ball pit, you know, just fucking hucking them this way and that. Uh, but uh, but it, you have to be uh, ScarJo, Emma Stone, Emily Blunt to actually have somebody listen to your case. Right. Um, but that sets precedent, so we'll see. Uh, yep. But right, but you and I were both in agreement that we must talk about. Must, must, uh, must, must. The, so far, the film of the year, IMHO. And I've seen quite a few movies at this point. Yeah. Seen like oh my over God, my twenty last three weeks. My last three weeks has been fucking. That's dense. why you haven't you haven't you haven't been here because you've been uh, yeah. watching been, the entertaining, <laughs> yeah, theatrical films of twenty twenty one and writing them up for various websites. Um, and uh, yes, but but so far, uh, my number two is Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. But my number one with a bullet so far, and there's a lot of great ones on the horizon. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm looking at French Dispatch. I'm looking at. Last night in Soho, uh, cautiously optimistic about Dune. You know, I'm looking, uh, oh, but the god, Dune. Oh god, that's like a month and a half away. Holy shit! I know, oh, and you just or you're all excited. just like, I don't know about I'm, you. I'm praying at I'm like excited, my excited, but I'm fucking terrified. I'm terrified because Denny, I love Denny Villeneuve. You know, yep. like any good contemporary film buff does. His movies do not make any money. Nope. <laughs> Nope, and, and like he did, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine is a fantastic film. But I remember walking out of that theater and saying, "This is too sci fi for Americans." And then he was like, "I know what I'll do next, fucking Dune." And I was like, "God damn it, Denis! God damn it! You God had one job." It. God damn it, Denis! Um, and you, you know, uh, it, it, <laughs> all of the air into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah is it working is it is it registering oh that's um, good yeah uh, okay great i know it sometimes sounds like very scratchy because i'm a cheap bastard and i bought a cheap microphone but um so but yes the the film so far of the year and also they didn't film they're not doing dune part one and part two like back to back like you would maybe hope they would do they're like waiting to see how the first one does and i'm like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh uh, but also whoopsie. that, that movie but also, if if contemporary 
uh, examples of movies released simultaneously to theaters and streaming are are any indication. Dune is definitely not going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Because uh, all of the... Because people are like, why isn't... Uh, people aren't going to go see The Suicide Squad because we're tired of Harley Quinn. And it's like, no, it's because it was free <laughs> and at home. <laughs> why, do you, why do you think everyone's going to pay 20 bucks to go see it? I yeah. I am because I'm a lunatic, right? I I'm a yeah, crazy person. Yeah. Also, like um, also like, I'm I'm um not one of those people that's unaware of the benefit of going to go see something, uh, in the theater when it's a spectacle movie. And so Suicide Squad, as much as it may be free at home, well, I can't talk. Right? Let me preface this. I can't talk because I missed two weeks ago because I saw Green Knight, and then on Tuesday, and then I saw Stillwater on Wednesday. Two very good movies. And then I watched Oliver Twist. Uh, sorry, I watched Twist before that, and it's garbage. Twist. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Twist. Uh, the only twist. positive is that it's got it's got Rafferty fucking Law, who looks just like his dad Jude Law. Um, but like, sure. If we're, if we could all be at, so lucky. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a moment where he turns and looks at the camera, and it's just that angle shot that's like, oh, oh, you you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fucking there he is. fine. You look like you're dead, and that's dangerous. Um, Michael Caine's in that movie. I'm sorry. I guess he's just making Can't. movies because it sounds fun. Also, it's Oliver Twist. Like Michael Caine and Lena Haiti are gonna do a funky, future, or modern rendition yeah, yeah, yeah. of Oliver Twist because it's Dickens. But- Michael Caine has never been. We think he's fancy because he's British, but if we all remember correctly, Michael Caine missed his own Academy Award acceptance speech. Because he was filming Jaws for the Revenge. If we all remember that correctly. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And, and he's like, I don't have an opinion on the film because I've never seen it. But I do remember the beach house it bought me. Or whatever whatever the whatever the quote was. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I, re- I regret. His job and just I do regret no actor getting that check. No. Get it. Get it where you can. I do not Ladies begrudge Ladies and gentlemen, you. Kev says this just hours after the world was introduced to Idris Elba cast as Knuckles in the next Sonic movie. Idris, Make that get, fucking money. <laughs> get, collect the bag, Idris. I regret you nothing. I Did I like that first Sonic movie? No, I did not. But, no. like, do I regret Idris Elba playing Snuckles the Echidna? No. no do it, bud. Do He's, it. Fucking Idris go have fun. is in his sexy slum period, right? Because yeah. he is just in the hottest garbage <laughs> that you've ever seen. <laughs> and he's making a lot of money off of it. And I cannot, I cannot fucking fault no, him for that. I, I will not fault for, him. So, for, so for cats, is... for Hobbs and Shaw. I don't care. Make whatever. No, make whatever. Fucking you scoop want. it in, dude. Scoop it in. <laughs> So yeah, two weeks ago was Twist and Green Knight and Stillwater. This week, uh, I guess last week, sorry, was um, Nine Days, which has Winston Duke in it and Baku from Black Panther. Uh, I just saw a trailer for that, and I was like, this looks interesting. Someone was watching The Good Place. (laughs) Someone was watching (laughs) The Good Place, and they decided to take it seriously, and I'm like, okay, interesting. Yeah, It looked good. good. Zezzy Beats is great. Bill Skarsgård's great. Benedict Wong's great. Winston Duke. Yeah, stacked, stacked cast. The cast is of, very like, good. Of guys I love. Yeah, the cast is very good. And then right after that on Tuesday was Suicide Squad of last week, which is why I could not you record s- with y'all last week. You saw some kind of Suicide Squad. 
Yes, it was. It was quite good. It was quite good. Uh, J- Jason and I are seeing it this year, tomorrow. And nice. It was better. Okay. Um, the first one was Fast Nine. <laughs> Because it's essentially fucking Suicide Squad, and it also features Peacemaker. I mean, John Cena. Um, womp womp. Uh, okay, well, that's good, because I, I quite enjoyed Fast 9. I don't know if you... Uh, where I you, did. Where you I, I enjoyed it. it. It was delicious um, garbage. I was like, boy, this yeah. is dumb. I love every this, second of it. I saw it with the crowd. We all laughed. We all had a great fucking time. It was yeah. a good fucking time at the movies. You know? Yeah, Classic. Suicide Squad was one of those screeners that, like, a radio station gave away the other tickets to, so it was a pretty mixed mixed crew inside. And there were uh-huh. chuckles and laughs and fun. Kind of like going to watch Endgame ahead of time, which like maybe wasn't the experience it would have been on opening night, but was no. still a good crowd of people and was a lot of fun. Um, movie reviewers have this weird self-seriousness where they don't emotionally react to anything they're watching, and it's, it's strange. <laughs> it's really strange. Uh, I'm in there like a kid who's been like accidentally given a free pass to something, and I'm like, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, yeah, and then this week I've got... Uh, movie called the colony about it's a sci-fi movie about people coming back to earth after we've abandoned it seeing if it's livable and they find out there were people here all along and then i've got together which is a movie with um oh shit tumnus xavier oh james mcavoy jesus christ thank you james mcavoy and then mr uh, split (laughs) mr split and then an irish actress who is in game night who i've seen before but couldn't tell you what else i've seen her in uh, there are a couple interacting with each other during lockdown. I like okay. both of these movies. I have to watch them both tomorrow. I will report back. But anyway, please report back. I am always all the all the new all the new shit, the new hotness you're on. I, I would like I like to hear these these advanced these advanced takes. Even though I, both of those, I don't know, but we'll <laughs> we'll sure, see. Sure, I at least can help you uh, somewhat judge what thing you should spend money t- ticket money on. Uh, and exactly. that brings us back to the main conversation. I cannot speak yes. about. The fact that I went and saw Suicide Squad in the theater, even though I could have watched it for free, because I did, in fact, go see it in the theater for free. free. Um, But still, like, there's a difference between, like, should I go see Fast 9 in theaters or wait until I watch it at home? Definitely watch that movie in theaters. Uh, Should I go see Suicide Squad or should I wait until I can see it or go watch it at home for free? Uh, go, Go to the theater. It's a superhero movie. Like, there's not a better reason to go to the big screen than to watch superheroes. Um, but Except. also Idris Elba fucking homies hitting a renaissance and I can't wait to see him in more action movies because he dominates Suicide Squad and he's great. I love him to death. Excited, excited. You're going tomorrow, right? Yeah, Jason and I are going tomorrow. So it's uh, hey. very, very exciting. Yeah, we're going to go see the squad. We're going to get matching tattoos just like the cast of the original Suicide Squad. They're going to be, they're going to say squad s k w a d listeners if you don't believe me please google that because it's true i think it was everyone except for will smith because will smith was like no not 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 in this millennium will i be getting a squad (laughs) tattoo uh but you know margot robbie has a squad tattoo (laughs) joel joel what's his name squad tattoo uh, very, I'm excited. I'm excited to see you tomorrow. You know, that's usually my little treat when I go into the city on Wednesdays to work. Is after work I get to I get I get, I get my comics and then I get uh I go see a movie if there's good stuff playing, which there happens to be. There is. There happens to be. 
the the movie we both said that we wanted to talk about, which is great. Uh, let's enter. Let's start this spoiler free, and then if we want to, we can do a little spoiler discussion, and I'll tag that in sure. the description. Because sure. uh, I do think it, there's some degree to which everything and nothing about this movie is a spoiler. Like telling telling people, oh, he goes to a weird kind of haunted house at one point is not really a spoiler. And no. if you say, he kind of goes to a second haunted house later, <laughs> is <laughs> is also not a spoiler. But I was just, you know, I was I was in a good mood. I was at the Alamo Draft House. I'd been excited for this movie because it was supposed to come out last year, I think. It was, yes. The um, came out like March. And, and I'm so remarkably glad that they shelved this because seeing this, this, this goddamn movie cost $15 million. And for those of you out there in listener land who don't know what movie budgets look like, that's not a lot no, of money. That's that's, <laughs> that's peanuts. It's not. Uh, like if you've seen in, if you've seen Knives Out, a very good movie with a really good cast that takes place in ostensibly one place. That movie cost the, forty million. Yeah, that movie cost essentially three times the amount. And this of movie is United. taking place in the Irish countryside um, with a good <laughs> if, cast. Equal, an equal, I would argue, maybe not. I would argue an equally good cast. Even if it was a really good them, cast, it's just it's very, <laughs> it's very restricted. You know, it's not a it's not a sprawling cast. But you've got uh, uh, Oscar winner Alicia Vikander. You've got yep. Sean Harris. You've yep. got the other Joel Edgerton. Yep. Right, Joel Edgerton. Yep. Uh, Kinnaman is the other guy, and um, so, yeah, Edgerton. You've got the. The... You've got Sean Harris from the Mission Impossible franchise. Yep. Um, you've got the bad guy from Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> um, Carly is oh, yeah, the. Is, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't want to say too much about that because that is such see, a I weird. Always, I always see her as Infus Nest from Solo. Oh, okay, I didn't see that. Because that so character I don't... was more memorable to me than Carly from Falcon and oh, Winter Soldier. Oh well, low bar. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but, but if, you've, if you've seen a mediocre superhero movie from 10 years ago, the Green Knight cost essentially one tenth of like an Iron Man 2 and looks infinitely better than Iron yeah. Man 2. Like there should be an Oscar for location scouting because the location. These beautiful, scenic, otherworldly Irish forests and glens and hills that they found take this movie to another fucking plane of existence. And then when the real camera fuckery starts happening, when the, like, real epic fantasy shit goes down, it's like, like, I I felt like audiences must have felt when they were seeing, like, Close Encounters of the Third Kind for the first time, who were just like, oh... (laughs) (laughs) there's a a shot in the beginning of this movie and not like the immediate beginning but there's a shot right after gawain decides to leave um the city uh and start his journey where where fucking of course my brain just dumped the director's name out of my head uh david Lowry. lowry lowry yeah where lowry decides to Hold a shot, focusing on the str- the the road he's riding down. For like ninety seconds, it's obscenely long, and there's no quick action. It's just Dev riding on a horse, like trotting, not running, trotting on a horse, 
as like kids follow him out of town and shout to him and he pays them no mind. And then they stop and turn around and then he kind of turns his head and looks. And then he avoids some sheep and a shepherd as he hops on the road and then they go towards town and you've got this castle in the background and these huge Irish mountains in the background and this sprawling fucking brown and yellow and green like field. And I remember that scene was maybe the second time I thought it, but the first time it was cemented, I was like, this movie is going to be fucking gorgeous. And that it sets the tone. It sets the tone. It's 90 seconds of like, this is the kind of movie you're about to watch. And I was like, fuck yeah. Quiet, beautiful. I'm down. And absolutely. And it's, it's great. It's, it's slow. And like it, it trusts you to kind of keep up with it and like be, be paying attention, but it's not a movie that's like dense with, words and names you know it's not it's not one of those movies where you're like watch tenet with subtitles because otherwise you're not gonna know what the fuck's going on it's like it follows this same like lyrical tone over sense you know like approach to telling this weird epic fantasy story um and like the and you just you you just see these careful seeds being laid for these moments that are going to pay off like fucking gangbusters later on. You know, uh, uh, someone once said that a good movie teaches you how to watch it while you're watching it. And the Green Knight does that like excessively splendidly well. Yeah, um, there's a... the I said that that, that scene was the second uh, in the movie that made me think, oh shit, the first one is this like really slow pan into the 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 fucking atrium of the round table as like mm-hmm. the camera is aimed up at the peak of a church of this building and just slowly creeps into it. And like, man, I don't know what it is, but there's just times when you realize that what you're watching is going to be different than what you've watched before. Yeah. And like, God, the movie opens with a, like a, a fucking still shot. And, like, it seems like nothing's going on. And then if you start paying attention to all the shit around it, like, things are catching on fire and shit. It's, man, this, this like you said, this movie does a, a really fucking good job of, like, all right. So we're about 40 minutes away, 30 minutes away from the start of this film. We're about 30 minutes away from sending our guy on his journey. How do I make it clear what that's going to look like without telling you in words what that's going to look like? And the answer is, like... Static shots, slow dolly tracks, really, really, really well composed shots, ex- excellent use of light, and sometimes, like, uncanny light. And then this, like, silent word block introduction of, like, chapters and movements and things happening that, like, they all do these in the first 30 minutes before he leaves. And then you instantly know the visual palette and storytelling palette for the rest of the movie. And as soon as he leaves that castle, the movie, as little as it's holding your hand before then, any semblance of hand-holding goes right out the fucking window and weird shit starts happening, instant, it, happening instantly, instantly. And it's it's great. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's, uh, just really, it's just really great to, like, watch this movie that, like, trusts you, <laughs> the audience, to, like, keep up. And like get on its wavelength and and watching something that feels so assured, it feels so confident. You know, does that does that make sense? That yeah. you're like I'm watching 
not only like a vision, but it's something that's saying like, it's okay. You're, you're in good hands. I got this. <laughs> just like, yeah, just yeah. come along with me on this journey yeah. I have planned. Exactly. It's like, I came up with a thing and I really think you're going to like it. And I'm going to make it so that you can like it without feeling like I was really telling you, I hope you like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which so many movies are like, I oh, God, I hope you like this shit. And then you're, you're in it and you're like, Oh damn it. <laughs> I would have right. liked it if you would have just, just let me. Right. And it's so textured. There's so many interesting, small little moments that like, and some of them, you know, don't really add up to anything. And then some of them, make you rethink the entire movie yep. you've been watching, you are yep. suddenly like, hold the, hold the fuck on. Uh, what what does that mean about everything that has happened proceeding to now? And yeah. it's just, it's, it's Marvel. I know this is one, I'm going to get like a tasty Blu-ray of this and watch it. Yep. annually you know oh that's God, already a rainy, day, a rainy day with the windows cracked <sighs> watching this movie fuck mm. Mm. or like a, a real crisp early snowfall you know yeah. what i mean and yeah. just like you can't go nowhere you've got a hot cup of tea or coffee it's just a little and you're more just grass gonna... than snow dust like yeah, yeah and you're just gonna fucking chill and you're just gonna watch the green night it's gonna be wild as fuck and, also, uh, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, it's my one secretly. of my favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> right. We're playing a Christmas game. Uh, uh, the Green Knight's incredible. Ralph Innocent as like guy. Ralph Innocent's voice is insane. I love it so much. And then like putting that on like an eight foot tall fucking tree ant that walks around. Rules. And like how nature like follows with him. So when yeah. you are when you are watching the movie and suddenly like you feel nature taking hold, it's like he is, you know, it's this constant creeping dread that is so it's um, uh, uh, perhaps a weird analog. But like I've been watching some Shyamalan lately, like filling in some some of that M. Night Shyamalan backlog because I watched old and I thought it was a great time. I was like, this movie is wild and I really yeah. enjoyed it. And then going back and watching, like, Sixth Sense and The Village, M. Night is so uniquely good at, at least in those early movies. I haven't watched a lot of the, you know, bullshit. But, like, the yeah. early M. Night. The middle ground is uh, strange. <laughs> everything up until, like, Lady in the Water, he's so uniquely good at, like, establishing these rules really early on. And you're like, that rule seems weird. That rule hasn't really come to play yet. And then suddenly, the rule happens right in front of you, and you're like, fuck! Yeah, I know what this means. <laughs> like, I, like uh, you know, the village early on, they're like, red is bad. We don't do red. Red means danger. Red means, you know, etc. Um, And then suddenly, like, we're following a blind character who doesn't realize they've stumbled on into the biggest field of red you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, and it's just, it, it's this great using, establishing a language and then using that language to add dread or tension yeah. or thought or feeling without having to have a character say there's feeling here <laughs> i know what this feeling. means <laughs> because they're like i i told you the audience that this was important or this is how this works and now you know that right and now you know that watching this movie and it's yeah. beautiful the watching that play out like that God, it's the, fucking first, not uh, the first time he wakes up in the second haunted house that he's in uh, yes. And it's just that fucking 
extended like high shot from the inside of the bed curtains and the curtains go up like 40 fucking feet and it's just this what this like wall of green like satiny green just oh my god there are so many times that the camera goes from one thing to another thing and you just go uh <laughs> there were so many times in that movie where i was like oh fuck god his That's little right. mushroom trip is incredible the mushroom trip rules the, the fox fucking, is such a cool the fox guy. is the fucking best he's a cool little guy uh green knight rules we know this uh carly from the tv show her scene is really cool and just like completely weird and when he goes under the water and it's like this 2001 a space odyssey fucking like wild ass like cascade of color is it's cool it's beautiful this yeah. is what I want to see on the big motion picture screen. Also, I, the like, Bandit Kid from um, Dunkirk. Bandit Kid. That kid, he shows up, you know trouble. <laughs> you know. Uh, why? Why? That's a very good point. Why did I see that kid and go, nope, 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 Don't, nope. don't, don't talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really well illustrated in the characters just like fucking garments. Who's like 100% and then who's like... Do not, do not fuck with. Do, do not, not fuck with this man. He may talk to you, but like you do not want to be around this person. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, everyone, go out there and see the Green Knight. Because uh, Daddy Host and I are going to have a little spoiler conversation, just like a little one. Uh, I put a time code into the description uh, for for if you want to avoid those, and I would recommend it. I would. I would say go into this one cold i think a24 is doing like a special like computer screening of it computer screening you can watch it on the internet at this one specific time uh if you don't want to go to the theater or if it's not playing near you uh you know i know that i live in new york every movie is available to me it's not always available for our rural (laughs) or international listeners you know so it's 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 good that that they're doing this like online screening section Yes, yes uh but anyway we're about to spoil this so i gotta ask you because I've been asking everyone that's seen the movie. Not okay. because I think there's like it's not important it's it's not important to know the answer, but I think it informs what kind of movie you think you are watching here. Sure. D- does he get his dang head cut off at the end? <laughs> oh man. So mm-hmm. boy, I have two answers to this because I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Because my my immediate answer is no. Because okay. when the Green Knight shows up at the round table and is like, let's play a game, you land a blow on me, and then, you know, he sets up, he establishes the rules. Yes. He, the wording in establishing those rules is very interesting, and because none of this movie is on accident, I believe very deliberate, when he says... A cut for a scratch, a scratch for a cut. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And, like, mm-hmm. if you breeze by that, it's like, if you cut him, he'll cut you. If you scratch him, he'll scratch you. But I don't think that's how it's worded. I think it... Mm-hmm. You, it it's just, I don't think that's how it's worded. And so, at the end, you have this whole, like, oh, my God. Like, five minutes of absolute silence from the characters. Just music as it runs through his life, if he were to just run off and go back and say he did it. Yeah, this, this, um, it, it's, 
exactly, and I'm not, I'm not calling it a ripoff. I think it's like a beautiful expansion of the same idea of this is exactly what happens in the Scorsese movie, The Last Temptation of Christ, where Jesus is up on the cross and he takes an offer to get down. And then he like goes and lives a full man's life instead of fulfilling his grand purpose. Sure. And, and, uh, you know, it doesn't work out great. I'll say. Um, and then he, he gets thrust back into that moment of decision and decides to accept his fate in the same way that sure. Gawain does in, in the green. It feels like an intentional very illusion much, in much. my eyes. And it's, yeah. and it's set up earlier in the movie, right? With that first, when he's tied up by, you know, the no good guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it pans around and the, the circle cam- and then you see the bones. Yeah. And then it and pans then it, all the way back it, around and it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's so good. You know, it, it, it pans counterclockwise and he's bones. It pans clockwise and it goes back and he's alive. Right. And that's exactly the, the same camera like movement. frequently saying this could go bad. This could or, go bad. And if you see the camera do this, <laughs> you're about to see some possible right. future, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so... He runs off. You get this incredible montage, which he that he then pulls the the sash of invincibility like out of the inside of himself, which is just right. unnerving. He he nuts it out of himself, right? He fucking, <laughs> yeah, basically uh, yeah. His, basically, I, and he, he keeps it on like the. the... <laughs> I described it after the movie as he wore his spooge bracelet. <laughs> he does wear his spooge bracelet. He keeps it on like you know that fairy tale or whatever story uh, of like the, the ladies who keep the ribbons around their neck. And if you untie the ribbon, their head falls off yeah. is basically like what he's living in here. He's like, if I take the sash off, I will die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be alive anymore. So yeah, he takes it off. Uh, you know, a red line appears around his throat and his head just rolls off and you're like, Oh, is, huh. is this how this movie's going to end? <laughs> and, and, then it cuts Wouldn't back to wild? the to the the green chapel and he takes it off and so the reason I say I don't think he died is because he mm-hmm. the green knight says well done my brave knight and then stoops down and like scratches his finger across his neck and says now off with your head in a playful tone he gets real cute about it he does he <laughs> does he does and like the optimist oh, in me is like a cut for a scratch, a scratch for a cut. Mm-hmm. He scratches his neck and says, off with your head, as if like, ha the game's over. Uh, and also knowing the poem, like, that's kind of what happens, essentially. Um, <laughs> the other part of me is like, <laughs> the other part of me is like, as a, as a, as an intellectual, I think that this is like, <laughs> it's more honorable to be true to your word than to survive. Right. And that happens a lot in the movie. Um, right. He's he's constantly breaking his work and his promises. And, yeah. you know, formal and informal, uh, Gawain is, is cons- or Gawain, uh, is constantly, like, breaking <laughs> promises to, to everyone that he meets, you know? He's, he's, he's always uh, moving around. And the, the only reason, like I said, the reason I ask is not because I'm, like, there's an answer, you know, is Dominic Cobb in a dream or isn't he, you know, it's more like, is this a movie about a guy who must accept his fate or is it a guy who learns to keep his promises and then 
does not actually have to die because he's he he in accepting his fate that is as good as getting your head cut off right um and that's that's just why i i I want to know people's interpretation of the movie i'm of the idea that he does get his head cut off i i am of the idea that right after that shunk and and the the cabbage falls in the basket you know uh but i could i i equally see the other version of events and it might just depend on my mood on a rewatch, yeah, no, you know, literally, like literally, yes. <laughs> where you're like, I'm feeling generous. I like to think you made it out of this, or <laughs> I know, you're like, or you can... I am personally in a bad place, and I think he's in a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck this kid, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I think it's, I think it's great. I, I think that it has infinite interpretations, and not because like it's vague. But because mm-hmm. it's purposefully like these can all mean many things, which may sound like I just described vague in a different way. But like <laughs> there's a difference between like does the top fall and it like this this means in... life and this means death. And like the the conversation about green creeping over everything and overcoming everything and like the night being legacy the idea of what you leave behind and how like it doesn't matter after a certain while because the earth will just consume everything that is left behind eventually and that tying to him coming and putting down his axe and like moss growing up from underneath it fuck man it's so good also there's a mage there's a mage in the round table who says zero words out loud but has this thing he does where like red light appears around him as some form of premonition and then like looks at the king initially and shakes his head and then like interacts with um going as he's like going through that that fantasy of his future and you see something similar and when he gets in the water that thump of like sound Mm -hmm. and then the red that shows up like there's something Mm -hmm. to that and i don't know if it's like discernment or if it's like a visual representation of fear and that's because like Lowry's like, it could be both of these things. And I, right. I and I don't think it's because he's like, but what is it? I think it's, I'm creating a movie that is within, within itself, its own choose your own adventure. And like you said, <laughs> you can watch this in a great mood and take everything as one thing. Watch it in a bad mood, take everything as something else. Watch it as in a contemplative mood and then take everything again a different way. And I think that that's kind of fucking magical. Right, it's it's not vague in like a non-committal way. It's not as if they're like, eh, we didn't really want to decide. So right, right. it's I it is it is a presentation of purposeful details, but the interpretation is left up to you. Right, the the uh, your experience taking in this stimuli and then and then <laughs> reciprocating it back out that is up to you. The way your neurons are firing and, and your response to art. It's not always good to know an artist's intent. What does this mean? What does it mean to you? Right. What it, like what what it, it's 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 a very it's a very interesting story. I like this. You know, at the beginning of the adventure he loses everything. But then slowly at each stop, he gets more of his things back. So it feels like this this weird 
purposeful journey or he's almost on this like video game fetch quest you know yeah, and then he has to yeah. go over here to collect his next item that he lost at the beginning like only you know what retrieves the yeah he only retrieves each item after he makes like a meaningful discovery of what it means to be of service or right. what it means to be honest and true to your word like he, re he retrieves his axe only after he decides to do something <laughs> god fucking Winifred's response when he's like what will you give me in return and she's like why would you ask me that <laughs> it's what so great what the fuck dude and so I like, need your help Todd yeah, <laughs> cook in my head don't be a dick yeah and so like <laughs> him retrieving his things after that is you know like he's he learned a lesson about like only doing things if there's some kind of recipro reciprocity um, he gets his belt back only after he realizes that, like, he was dishonest and fucking felt made to feel very bad about it by his question mark girlfriend question mark. <laughs> like, <laughs> played by the same person? <laughs> are they the same guy? I don't know. <laughs> don't, so I don't think so, but also, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then just, you also have the, the back plot of like his mother, the witch, prompting this entire thing happening. And right. like another witch being present one other time, and it's during the time when everything happening is the most questionable. <laughs> You're like, what right. the fuck is actually going on? And there's just another witch standing there who says, again, nothing, but just is there to take the cards you're holding in your hand, take them out of your hand and throw them in the air and go fucking figure it out. Uh, and I love it. Up to you. And there was a yeah. fucking, I have a friend of a friend, uh, a person I've interacted with whose one word review of this on Facebook was just trash. And I was like, cool. Uh, okay. I can't engage with this. Not watching uh, movies with that guy. Anymore. No, uh, no. And, yeah, no. there's, there's a lot more to take from it than just that. Yeah. I don't know. I think people are used to movies, like, give them a little baby food spoon and being like, open wide for the airplane. Here it comes. <laughs> sure. um, because we're in this, like, not to, you know, I'm not going to throw specific people in movies under the bus, but we're in this kind of, like, prolonged adolescence with our media. And it's like adults are still primarily watching things meant for kids and things they were watching when they were kids. And I'm not saying that like watching children's shows is inherently bad but it's like yeah if you're used to star wars the green knight's gonna throw you for a little bit of a loop you know what it's i mean like fucking, if you, it's gonna door check you if you've been watching clone wars non-stop like yeah you might it might take you a second to grapple with the green knight yeah you're not movie's, used to this. Movie's gonna zip right past you and you're gonna be like the fuck <laughs> you have not developed the faculties <laughs> In, in your media analysis to be able to take in this movie uh it's just simple it's just a simple fact of life uh so anyway for anyone that stuck through that uh spoiler discussion go see green knight go it's see so it as so soon as you can rent it rent it like check this one out i this is not one to miss i think i m h o um dev patel is absolutely captivating yeah, by the, I feel like we've barely talked about him, but like this is a movie star fucking performance because he's done a lot of good acting up until this point. This is a movie star. Yeah, this is a oh, every director working on anything for the next three years will go. 
should we think about Dev Patel in this movie? This is like Tom Cruise zone, you know? Yeah. Where sure. you're like, oh, that's a movie star. Yeah. And how can I use this movie star's unique presence? Yeah. Because there is there is a difference between being an actor and being a movie star, I feel. You know, there there is a different utility and skill set at play. Yeah. And and a movie star has a particular kind of presence, which Dev Patel is exhibiting here in in, in aplomb. Fucking yeah. Speech. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there's another moment. Oh no, not another moment. Sorry, this could be my closing realization. You brought up the last temptation temptation of Christ. And that yes. like vision he has that this movie very much replicates. Also when he wakes up in the beginning. The movie starts with the first spoken words being Christ is born. Christ is born. Uh, and it's mm. him like getting water splashed on his face and working his way out of a brothel. Um, mm. But like, it's he gets water splashed on his face. He stands up naked, goes and finds all of his clothes, and, and exits. And it's like maybe that was further Lowry further suggesting that this is a allegory to birth right? and Christ and sacrifice and temptation. And my my favorite kind of Christ allegory where you could completely not see it that way, right? I usually yeah. find them pretty insufferable. <laughs> but yeah. but if you make it subtle enough and I don't notice, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a, I might be I might be taking two very disparate parts and jamming them together and saying it fits. <laughs> but but it's it's, it's it's a reading. Like if if you wrote that up into two thousand words, I'd read them. You know what I mean? Like if you if I was going to go, hmm, ah, interesting. And whether or not I agree, it's like no, the movie does lend itself to that kind of thematic interpretation. You know, I'm I'm. Oh my god! And the sash comes off of him in his vision out of a hole in his side. I know. As Christ was pierced in his side. Yeah. Fuck. Now that you're thinking about it, I need to watch this movie like ten more times. Fuck you me. See it again. That's I can't wait. Good. I can't cannot wait for uh, however much time I have left on this earth to watch the Green Knight as many times as I possibly can. All of the times, uh, so yeah. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a great fucking time. Yeah. Uh, great. So last week we did forty minutes on Fast and Furious, and this week we did forty minutes on the Green Knight. I I'm I'm completely talk about all kinds here. We talk about all kinds of shit. High art, quote unquote. Low art, quote unquote. Quote unquote. There's no, there's no rules here. Uh, I don't, I don't like the delineation. Even though sometimes, yeah, it's pretty stark. But like, it's not. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't find that a productive method of of conversation. Yeah, eat your heart, Scorsese. Uh, we like it all. Yeah, we like it all, and he does too. I mean, that's the weird. That's the thing that like yeah, he <laughs> he writes thousand word forwards for Italian monster movies because he's like, I think these are cool, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, this is of course Advanced Community Studies, a podcast where we watch and talk about the American television comedy show Community, one or two episodes at a time. We are also the premier podcast, the Yahoo Screen Podcasting Network. <laughs> Good, good fill-in. Nice. Yeah, I'm a bit um, muffled. Actually, say the word to you know. You could interpret it, it as distance and absence. Please, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I it was a cover. You did a cover of Jace's cover of the Yahoo Yahoo yeah. 
uh, which I which I think still opens up all of our all of our episodes, if I <laughs> remember correctly. Uh, thank God this show is not popular enough, nor is Yahoo litigious enough to come after me for that. I don't think I don't think Yahoo has enough power. To... The Yahoo logo is on our podcast art. <laughs> they've never, they've not, they've not come after me yet. I also have a podcast called the Puffin Publishing Podcast, which is a real subsidiary division of Penguin Publishing, and they have again not come after us. So. Yeah, I like to flirt with that legal line. With it. Yeah. <laughs> I like to play with that line. Uh, uh, fuck, fuck corporatism. Uh, I am one of your hosts, uh, the Bat Boy host, TV's Kevin Lanigan. Uh, and to me, a chapstick lesbian is worth $300. <laughs> I am the daddy host, the hostess with the mostest kids. And, oh, I just forgot the line. I was so prepared. I was so prepared. It doesn't matter what I feel. I feel like flying, but you don't see me jumping off of buildings. Ah, uh, and this is, this is it. We are almost halfway through this final season we are. of community we are cruising we are cruising right along and much like um, the last couple seasons of community it has been difficult to get all of the cast members that you remember seeing initially <laughs> on the podcast at the same time <laughs> i know we we missed a week we i'm trading secondary hosts here you know it gives yeah. me a different flavor a nice chance to talk to my friends one-on-one about her our particular pop culture <laughs> uh, obsessions of the day We'll uh, but yes, it is. Three. I want. I want the next one. I want advanced safety features to have all three of us. That's a. That's a banger. It must. Um, and I want the last three to also to also have all of us. Um, of and we'll we'll figure out what we might have to do to to make that happen. Um, yeah. But let's. Uh, yeah, we might have to. Oh God, that's a long night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know. <laughs> Remember, we started this podcast doing that. That's yeah. We'll have to we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. <laughs> we'll figure something out. Uh we'll we'll make it work. Listeners, hopefully it will be seamless. But I'm sure there will be seams. I, I like to show <laughs> I like to show the seams. I don't like to hide anything from anybody. Um I like to let everyone in on how hard it is to make stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we want everyone uh, to know exactly the trials and tribulations that we go through to make this- I want everyone to appreciate my hard work. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and if they think this is easy, then they aren't appreciating me. Uh, <laughs> and this, this, this is, of course, uh, all about me. Uh, and let's, yeah, everyone, thank you for uh, those of you on Twitter who supported my uh, dumbass thread where I got very pedantic about what characters are on the side of the community season box art. And and I, <laughs> I did a little rearranging game where I mixed some stuff around. Uh, that thread's over there. Go find it. <laughs> I'm not gonna, not gonna rehash it here. Uh, but thanks for everyone for for joining in on me on on my weird bullshit this week. I mean, people that listen to this podcast have an expectation of weird bullshit happening eventually. So yeah, they're used to it. They're <clears throat> that's I I think they would be more disappointed if there were no weird bullshit. You know what I mean? Precisely. If there weren't weird bullshit, they would be like, "What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> what's, well, what's what happened? Here? Are you all okay?" Is everything all right? Is everything okay at home? Uh, you know, are you two still together? That kind of stuff. And right. uh, let's 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 jump on in to this week's let's episode. Do it. Then let's do it. Season six, episode six, basic email security, directed by Jay Chandrasekhar, 
written by Matt Roller. Uh, in this episode, uh, when a hacker comes after Greendale uh, for its proposed performance of offensive comedian Gupta Gupti Gupta, uh, Britta leads a crusade for free speech, uh, and and uh, the study group gets fully doxxed. <laughs> all of their all of their emails get leaked for everyone to read, and it causes uh, derision in uh, the third of what Abed calls a secrets revealed trilogy. I'm sorry for burping into the microphone. And uh, no second takes. That's I like everyone to the seams. The seams are out. Uh, and uh, this episode, of course, came out, what, a year after the real-life Sony email hacks? Do I do I oh, have that wow. correct? Yeah. The yeah. Sony email hacks happened in, like, 2014, because that was also the same time as the interview. Seth Rogen, James mm-hmm. Franco, mm-hmm. the interview where North Randall Korea Park plays war Kim Jong-un, right? Movie. In, in, disputably... Somehow, one of the most like controversial movies ever made. It is also not a particularly good or funny movie, but um, but Randall Park is really good as as Kim Jong Un. But um, yeah, of course, North Korea threatened <laughs> you know nuclear war over a pretty mediocre Seth Rogen comedy, which was uh, pulled from almost all theaters except for my hometown theater. Fuck they yeah. said nay. <laughs> We will screen the interview. <laughs> uh, I I did not see it in in theaters. I think I think you know this was a different time in my life. I think I pirated it. <laughs> I, think I, I don't think there's I anything think wrong I, with that. I think I went to the bay and I and I I, I dredged that one out. Sure, uh, but, but the interview. <laughs> and uh, then of course there were uh, the Sony email leaks. Sony, the company that produced uh, both the interview and Community. And, uh, and, and there were the email leaks, which uh, people have tied back to North Korea officially or unofficially. And, uh, that was a huge thing. A bunch of weird shit came out in those, uh, a bunch of shit about how like people at Sony animation did not understand Jedi Tartakovsky trying to make a Popeye movie. Uh, if you want to see the animation test for that Popeye movie, it is on YouTube and it's fucking incredible. Uh, also that was where we got the news of the proposed 21 Jump Street Men in Black crossover movie. Uh, where Schmidt and Jenko were going to join the MIB, which honestly, we can still do that, guys. That sounds yeah, that's, pretty good. Uh, that's still possible. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. I don't. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And if you I... keep if you keep Tiffany Thompson, or I'm sorry, Tessa Thompson and um, Tessa Thompson and um, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I'd, yep. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Sounds like a good movie, guys. You can still make that one. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of shit came out about like Adam Sandler in that one too. Nothing like, nothing like horrible. Just sometimes he's a little difficult to work with, but like, I, that falls below yeah, my sure. standards of what I'm willing to decry <laughs> someone for. You know what I mean? Compared also to- like, yeah, sure. I've watched his comedies. I can't imagine that like, that shit's easy to wrangle sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I've seen anger management, right? Like I, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, so this episode comes out like a year after that. Obviously. This episode is one of those weird instances of a show that's from the past. Okay, so there are instances of a show from the past that you rewatch and you go, huh, that's weirdly um, prescient to sure. today. This episode to me is very much like, oh, fuck, this was just a few years ahead of like conversations about safe spaces on campuses and and doxing being like a 
thing that happens a lot to people that are trying to like stand up for something and a constant conversation about like comedy versus <laughs> free speech you know yeah. like what what like 2018 2019 was the height of that it feels like right and With, this you just know. this came in just under the wire just before um and so watching it <laughs> i watched it again tonight and i was like man <laughs> man, man. I find it to be such a bizarre little morality play, right? People, people, I think, have ragged on this episode or ragged on this season. And the reason that I don't allow that is that, like, I have never, in comedy or drama, seen a TV show grapple with, like, what is the nature of free speech in, related to, in relation to hate speech? And, and how much free speech is worth defending versus the consequences? Or, right. or if your actions were noble but fruitless, does that make... Does that, what does that lead? Like, the, the ending scene of this episode, where they're all sitting around, and Chang is like, what's the lesson here? I want to yeah. find the lesson. And they're just throwing words at each other, like, government, privacy... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> terror, terrorism is committed by Terry the terrorist. And then it uh, ends with crime doesn't pay. And you're like, no, oh, crime fuck doesn't off. pay. <laughs> and the, the tidy way that like, we like to moralize and package up these huge issues uh, and, and not actually like deal with like the true moral implications that in truth have no answer. You know, you can never come up with a definitive number for, what is free speech versus protection uh, for, you know, like, what, like, what are, where do these... Where do these intersect? How does yeah. this graph shake out? Like, there's no true answer. But this episode is willing to grapple with that strange <laughs> moral area that it finds yeah. itself in. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. Really. Yeah, it's... it's... Um, I didn't remember the, the the scene at the end with fucking the comedian coming out and actually being horrendous. <laughs> Just a friend. And you know what? I was having this conversation recently. I'll let, you know, some shit slide if you're funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, 100%. Like, like 30 ra- community is not always, you know, quote unquote, like politically correct. But like, if you're funny, I'll let you get away with it. Yeah. 30 Rock is a funny show, so I'll, like, let it slide on a couple things. Sure. But, like, Gupta Goopty Gupta is not funny. <laughs> not at all. Not in the slightest. And you're like, it's oh, just, God. And you can tell what, everyone in the room's like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. We, we, th- we aired all of our private information. For this, for this. fucking whack-a-mole. <laughs> for, for this fucking guy. Yeah. We for this we threw what was it was our defending this comedian's right to free speech, which is not necessarily speech you want to hear. Is that and it I hey, kinda lines up with this weird like mask thing we're still on about where people are like, You can't my freedom says <laughs> you don't get to allow me to wear a mask and you're like, Okay, you're exercising your quote unquote freedom but for what? <laughs> Yeah. But, for, but for what cause? We value the freedom to do wrong over the moral obligation to do right. So, like, how much is complete autonomy the best? But I'm also not advocating for, like, fascism. 
you know? Yeah, uh, sure. it's it's I I I I can't stop trying to unpack this. <laughs> this episode makes me think things with my brain. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, no, it's it's tricky and like. Man, I don't know what I thought when I watched this. The well, I guess I didn't. No, I watched this pretty close to when it came out, because I was caught up by this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I thought about it when I watched it in 2015. Right? I think I was just like, Meh. but like, I think I was pretty separated. like lukewarm on it. You know what I mean? I yeah. think I was like, oh, the staging of this is weird. It doesn't feel as like cohesive as the other. You know, Annie's pen, the lie detector test, but. Now it like has really risen for me as this, yeah. <laughs> as, this yeah. as this interesting little like play. You know, it feels yeah, like sure. a it feels like a short play. Like I went to go see God of Carnage or something like that. Sure, yeah, I like legitimately during this episode was constantly thinking like, man, this is this is the Andy's Pen episode. This is the fucking lie detector episode. This is the flashback episode, even. Like, not sure. literally, but, like, it's still that same kind of, like, let's bring up a bunch of shit and throw it around and deal with, like, these characters really reckoning with their opinions of each other and shit like that. And it works, man. It works. It works. I like it a lot. Um, it just spins. It just it just sings. And I think also an underrated, like, really funny episode, as much as, like, some of the secrets that are revealed are a little upsetting. You know, it's also, like... The hard, the hard line to the mainframe, and he's like charging. He's charging through the school, or, or Elroy's like, or what? The skull is gonna get a virus. Uh, the lunch lady, the hot one, uh, the one that the one serves, that serves hot, hot food. food. Yeah, that's the one. That's the <laughs> you're like, wait, hold on. <laughs> oh, Keith, I love you. Oh my oh, it's god, it's so good. It's so Keith, good. It. I goddamn love him. And then yeah, we we go to the study room table and this like Britta gives her winger speech. Uh, and I feel like she's given like one before in like the model UN episode where she's like, sure. I'm not done raging against the machine. Like that monologue right. feels like her first real and words <laughs> and words. Uh, right. But then this one is like even more so I can't believe I'm the one saying this. We're freaking Americans. We're the people so annoying that the British gave up, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, fucking hysterical that that she is the one taking point here uh it's a it's a it's a stealth good brita episode and it all just just works for me it becomes yeah. this i don't know morality play in, sure, in a sure. in a way yeah. but a morality play without a clear what's the lesson that. what's the lesson what's the lesson yeah should should we have done this was it good to do this was it good of you know, uh, the hacker to hack. What? What's the answer? Yeah. <laughs> to, to and in the in the like mirror in the like cornucopia of like potential lessons they try to put together at the end. I think it's Elroy who's like the only free speech is private speech. And I was like, oh, that's good. What? There's a couple of those that are thrown out, and you're like, fuck. A free that, government that terrorizes privacy. That's all for bitches. Yeah, uh, it's, it's so good. And I need really like all of good. those tattooed on me, but like those two specifically um, are are good. Yeah, and a lot of the a lot of the little the secrets are are good. This is I like the you know we we have this cut between 
you know, <laughs> always saying, it's Vietnam now, baby. It's Vietnam! <laughs> and then we cut to the next day and everyone comes in like, Frankie. Oh my god, Rita. Jeff just hurling a chair at the wall and being like, something was uh, wrong with that one. <laughs> I wish I was, a, you ever wish you were a chair? <laughs> Yeah, uh, wish you were your relationship with Jeff Winger is like fucking John Oliver's relationship with Adam Driver, <laughs> and my relationship with Adam Driver. But yeah, also relationship with Adam Driver. Season season six, Jeff Winger, where he's got the beard, which is important. He's <laughs> he's almost but hang he's, on. He's like listeners cannot experience what I just experienced. The like important. fucking <laughs> the like fucking short circuit your face did. Very good. Sorry, go on. Which is important. Uh, the wardrobe of sweaters, which is very good. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's gotten a little... He's digging into the sauce. He's a little meaner. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, it was like... Have you ever seen Thief, the Michael Mann movie starring James Caan? Ages ago, but yes. Oh, my God. I mean, James Caan in that movie is about as hot... <laughs> as a man has ever been and it's like i don't know if he's about to kiss me kiss me or punch a hole through my face but either way but i'm, I'm signed up for both <laughs> <laughs> i'm cool with it whatever you want is you jim uh yeah james con underrated hunk in the grand in the grand history of hunks i don't think i don't think we talk about 70s early 80s james con quite enough no it's because yeah. his son's on tv now and everyone's like oh Scott yeah it's not as hot scon doesn't Scott doesn't have that mean edge. You know what I mean? Like, you see you see fucking James Conn in The Godfather. You're like, yeah, slap me around the room a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I Let me have it, like, Sonny. Distinctive, and not to, not to I, I go into too much detail, but there's, like a distinct, <laughs> there's a distinctive body type difference between the two of them. Like, yeah. Scott is a muscly, shorter dude. And the vibe I get from that is different than Dad, who's like, he's he's built like Hickey. He's a he's like and he's like a little that build thick, just says <laughs> I'm not strong enough to get in a fight with you, so I'm gonna do things that will make your brain think I shouldn't fight him, right? Right. So it's like a smack or a punch or like shooting a person in front of you, and you're like, woof, okay. Like they have those, they have the mob body. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. No, the mob body is important. As someone who's like, you know, entering the final stretches of the Sopranos, you're like these guys. They're morally reprehensible. They suck. They're not good guys. But also sometimes you're like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Tony. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I I, I understand. I, I get. How you keep pulling <laughs> as good as you do. Dad bot and mob bot are real close. I get it. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I I need to go outside. Um, yeah, you need a cold shower and then to walk ooh. outside afterwards. Yeah, God, God damn. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what we're dealing with here with season six, uh, Jeff Winger, which, you know, Joel McHale, he's always been an attractive man. But I do think it is an uphill slope as the seasons of community go on. Sure. I do. I do think we are on an upward trajectory in my yeah. in my personal in my personal taste. Yeah. Uh, but but well, it helps uh, that, like, he got older and as he got older, it was like beard, a little bit more gray in the hair, 
and mm. professor sweaters. And it was like, fuck, mm. that's a whole ass vibe. Yeah. No, that did it. That cardigans, unlocked it. Cardigans with the fucking elbow patches on a guy who played, who, who, uh, shit, what was the character he was playing when he was doing, um, the, the, the EIC of the newspaper? Um, from Matt. Oh, like Hawkeye? Yeah, Hawkeye. Like the guy that por- mm-hmm. that acted as if he were Hawkeye now has this look? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it works. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I might. Woo! Yep, I'm just. Yep, I, yep. All right. Oh, Guess I'm just goodness. here now. Sir, the air conditioner's already on, but it's hot. It's hot in this room. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, but the, some of these secrets are <laughs> devastating and yeah. juicy and i love them uh that like the uh, elroy's like secret oh. family email cha- rizel is like a daughter to me <laughs> <laughs> i fell in love with deb and george <laughs> and even uncle paul with all his flaws <laughs> <laughs> or fucking chang trying to have something to say so just fucking attacking frankie for emailing her sister and like she she's never responds dead. so catch a hit and she's like she's dead and everyone's like oh fuck oh, oh fuck, fuck. <laughs> oh fuck yeah this is like you know as much as the the first two you know revelation episodes are like okay it's kind of like what they have like on their person you know they were emptying their dirty laundry via their book bags or their or their purse or in polygraph it's things pierce knows but this is like stuff nobody knew until now private correspondence yeah <laughs> this yeah. is like your complete uh dirty laundry is on here like <laughs> jeff and chang's email chain ranking who's hotter every day um <laughs> and, and uh britta noted down her big victory or or uh <laughs> You know, the pool they have about Frankie's sexuality. And Britta's like, we saw this one coming. <laughs> really sorry. Really sorry. What in your <laughs> mind is a chapstick lesbian? <laughs> to me, about $300. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and when he comes at her about, like, her writing him up as a functional alcoholic, <laughs> uh, which, like, we all know what a functional alcoholic is, but Jeff is in, like, big stage denial here and like getting very you know when she threatens to revise that report if he goes any further um is like it goes to some dark lines with these secrets yeah it Uh, sneaks up on them too they're not like completely telegraphed all the time sometimes it's like oh like fucking frankie being like she's dead is one of the best fucking just oh (laughs) it's so good but so I don't know, painful. Caleb. Have you ever been in a room or been the person where like that kind of Frankie revelation happens? Because it kills your month. Oh yeah, you think about it for weeks. You're like, I saw another person's soul. Yep. <laughs> and it wasn't. Or, it wasn't when they wanted to show it to me. It was because it accidentally came out because I accidentally exposed it. Or someone in the room accidentally exposed it, right? And you're right? just like, this was wrong. This was, we've committed, a, <laughs> we've broken the societal contract. Here. Yeah, we've made this we've is... made a deep and unre- irrevocable mistake. Like, we have, oh no. 
This I've never been in the dark. room or, or <laughs> accidentally done that, but I did once make a your mom joke to my friend whose mom had died like a year and a half ago. And it was oh. innocuous. But when I said I it, I was like, I'm so sorry. Shit. He was, like, he was like, it's fine, dude. And I was just like, oh, God, I fucked up. I really oh, fucked God. up. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 It wasn't great. Just see, seeing another person's, like, whole artifice stripped away for a minute, you know? And you're, like, you're suddenly staring at, like, the body works version of a person that's just, <laughs> yeah. like, revealed the flesh and nerve endings. And you're like, fuck. Or God help you if you've ever been that person. <laughs> and you're like, now everyone <laughs> knows me in a way I've, I was I've, not prepared for yep. them to know me. Yep, I have been, I am seen now and I am unable to change what's just happened. <laughs> I, uh... My pronouns are nothing. Don't refer to me. <laughs> <laughs> I am no one. A boy, I am no one. A boy has no speak name. To me. Yes. <laughs> In Project Mayhem, we have no name, and it, it's just God. I uh, once, so I had a close moment, but I was able to okay. dodge it twice. And these are very quick stories. When I was a freshman in college, I was unaware that Asperger's syndrome was a real real thing. There no. was a really tasteless YouTube series called The R Word Policeman, in which a uh, man with Down syndrome was acting like an R-word policeman. So, like, whether or not it was, like, satire that was actually funny, I would have to go find it because, like, the main actor participating, depending on how much control he had in it, might actually mean that, like, it was his idea and it's just fucking great. But there's a moment in that show where he says he has Asperger's and then shits a hamburger onto a plate. And I watched this as a teenager who knew nothing about this. And so went to college. This is not a thing that happened in my life or was brought up in my life ever. And so I went to college and my professor was talking about her son having Asperger's. And I, like, thought it was a joke based on this show because I did not know it was real. And luckily, and to this day I do not know how, I stifled my initial laughter because I was like, no one else is reacting. And then I read the room real quick and was like, no one reacted to this. And promptly after class, looked it up and was like, oh, my God. <laughs> how the bail fuck? Out, bail out. <laughs> yeah, how did this abort, happen? Abort. Uh, and then the second one was real quick. I was working at a coffee shop and uh, one of my coworkers' nephews came in and acted like he had, his, he had his hat pulled down over his head and acted like he couldn't see her. And then she reached out and gave him a hug. And I was like, this kid could definitely see under that and was about to say, oh, you could see her. When she moved the hat up, and he was in fact blind and holding like a stick to see where to feel where he was walking, mm-hmm. and so I almost was like, "Oh, you can see her," and then would have had that revealed, and would have just eaten my own head and lived in my stomach acid. Um, yeah, two two instances where I, be, I came very close to being just the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, very fortunate that that didn't actually happen. You know me. There's a lot of audio evidence of me being the worst. You know what I mean? Like, there, sure. I am the guy who talks too much and gets into these, like, locomotive vocal motions where, like, I almost can't be stopped. And I then have to, like, you know, I spend the trade ride home and I'm like, did I? Like, 
embarrass myself perpetually for like two straight hours. <laughs> did I? Did I? Is this? Are these people like never gonna talk? It's just the end of ever again. Yeah. And I don't even like binge drink. I don't even have that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm like, I drank too much. I'm sorry. I got ahead of my, you know, I don't even have that. <laughs> uh, I'm fucked. Uh, anyway. yep. But yes, I appreciate you you sharing those those stories of vulnerability because I'm sure other our listening audience has also been in <laughs> situations like that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and those I, tell us about all of those instances and all of those moments. Yeah. Tell us about those times you almost like really shit the social pit, you know. Tell tell us about those times where like you you got right up there and you're like, I might not be welcome in this community anymore. <laughs> I might um, not be able to go back. <laughs> I might not be able. I might have to drop out of the school <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, I I I I uh, I don't relish them because I like I love them. I just I think sharing embarrassing shit is kind of important so that everyone doesn't feel so alone all the time yeah yeah i i think it's important to talk about things that we are embarrassed about i think it's important for guys to talk about like yeah sometimes it doesn't go up when i want it to and it's not (laughs) precisely yes it's not anything i did it's not anything they did it's just like sometimes it doesn't work and we should all be less embarrassed about that because sometimes it just don't go that dog don't hunt and we should all it's okay it's okay yeah just just go down on them make sure they have a good time yeah do do the do the still do your work just take care of them yeah Yeah. and you know take care of yourself in the bathroom later or something you know like it's it's okay like we've all we've all been there yeah we've all we'll survive and it's important for like the the fella to know that as well as the partner of the fella I think because sometimes the partner feels like, "What's I'm? What am I doing wrong?" It's like nothing. Nope, nothing. Sometimes, some. You know how sometimes you turn on the hot water and it doesn't get hot ever. Yeah. And you're like, "What the fuck happened?" <laughs> I do. It's just that. People and the next time you turn on the hot water, it works fine. Yeah. The next time, it works great. The next time, it might be too hot, and you're like, "What the fuck? Why is this? What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm like, "Why? Ow! What the? What? Ah, why? Ah, and shit. you just kind of roll with the punches." <laughs> yeah. So it do be like that sometimes. <laughs> it, be, it, be, it do be like that sometimes. <laughs> it do be like that sometimes. Uh, so that's that's our personal emails getting getting aired out here. Uh, Ten cocktails <laughs> sponsored by embarrassing boner stories from Kevin and Caleb, <laughs> um, or lack of boner stories. Um, but it, but it's okay. It's not. It's, it boner these question mark parentheses <laughs> <laughs> stories. Uh, that's important. I think it's okay. To, for everyone to talk about this, uh, and as a filmmaker, I try to, I'm trying to put more of those experiences on screen so that someone watching it can go, oh, <laughs> I've been seen. It's okay. <laughs> I I have I am okay. <laughs> I'm okay. There's nothing really. It's not. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> right. It's it's okay. Yeah. Um. It's uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, some of these secrets are good. Uh, Elroy with his house guest era Simbad wardrobe, <laughs> wearing a shirt. This is 2015. Uh, immortal bit where Frankie is like, "You two used to date," and he's like, "This was a study group." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah," and I was their teacher. 
And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, haven't been well utilized since. So good. So good bit. Good. Uh, you know what? Maybe my favorite delivery of the whole episode, though, is when... <laughs> when Elroy calls out Jeff for writing to astronauts and Jeff is like, they're national heroes. And Elroy is like, yes, they are. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. <laughs> yes, they are. Leave them alone. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Oh, oh my God. Oh, this is a good episode. I really, I had a good time. I don't, uh, when, how are you watching these? The old Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like listeners, Please confirm or deny whether or not I have fully lost my mind. I feel like this episode is much more colorful on Hulu than it is on Netflix. Interesting. I have to if go investigate this now. can confirm this for me and make me feel... I was just... I watched, you know, I watched it for the first time. I've been watching these two times um, in, like, the week span between when we record. And I've been watch, I watched it, like, on Thursday on Netflix. And I was like, this is, you know, this is a kind of a dark-looking episode. Then I watched it again on Hulu. And I was like... What's going on? <laughs> this now feels this? like pastels. It feels like, and that shot of Annie getting up on stage under the stage light, like her face was almost blown out on Hulu. Mm. And I was like, did they just like literally take the brightness slider <laughs> on Hulu and just like, and just crank it? Mm. Did that happen? Uh, anyway, I feel like Matt from Community specifically will be out there with the fine details letting me know if I am. Sure. If I'm just like, if I fully lost my <laughs> relationship to <laughs> to reality. Um, anyway, so that was, that was fun. Uh, uh, a, a solid little ep. Oh, first appearance of uh, Officer Kakowski in two seasons. He has not been here. Yeah. Since and the when he introduces himself, three. he makes a point of pointing that out. <laughs> and it's, oh, what? You're going to keep the at arm's length the cop you've known for five years? <laughs> Uh, it's very Avengers. Avengers. I hear they really penned in Joss Whedon creatively, so that should go well. <laughs> <laughs> that should go well. That should go well. Uh, of course, speaking about Avengers, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Anyway, exciting, exciting stuff. Which is uh, also really the, funny because, like, six years removed from that, we know that Joss Whedon was kind of an asshole for that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Joss Whedon sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We, that is now fully public knowledge yeah. that Joss Whedon is just a real, a real fucking crock of yep. shit. But also, yes, inarguably, creative control of Age of Ultron was taken away from him in a lot of spaces. Yeah. You know, they tried to, they tried to take the, they were gonna, Kevin Feige was like fucking holding a pair of scissors to the film, and he was like, I will cut this farm sequence out of the movie if Thor does not take a bath <laughs> to precede the events of Age of Ultron. Um, <laughs> so. You know, in Hollywood, there are no winners. But uh, mm. I'm not. I'm not comparing Kevin Feige, who, to my knowledge, has not committed any sex crimes, to Joss Whedon, who has committed sex crimes. Yes, he should be in jail. <laughs> Joss Whedon should be exiled from public society. Joss Whedon in the corner, like I do happen. I happen very much. <laughs> I have Joss Whedon happens so much all the time. <laughs> I just wish. I just wish he didn't. Right. <laughs> I just, I just wish he would go away. Why? Why not? Just why not? Control art, art, delete. You've got. Which is funny Joss, because you've got, of, uh, anyway, yeah. You got money, Josh. Just disappear. Just go. Just yeah, you've done go it. Go away. You've had a career. 
Just go be a wily author in the woods. Go make more, you know, like his Much Ado About Nothing movie that he made, like, right after The Avengers, where he just made it, like, with his friends at his house. Just, like, go do that. Or also, don't do anything. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> or just ex- stop. Just stop. Go, then go get fired from more HBO shows, Josh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, he's Josh Whedon from now the fuck on. He's Josh Whedon, and I will not correct anyone. Nope. <laughs> he's Josh. Josh Joshua, uh, Joshua Whedon. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> uh, get out of here, Josh. Uh, we believe uh, Ray Fisher on this on this podcast. Yes, we do. Uh, anyway, uh, good episode of Community. Is that there it? Are we ready to rock? Yeah, let's do it. First, I need to remember to open the Word doc where I keep the rankings. First, that needs to happen. Then, I need to open the screen share function on Skype. That is the second thing that needs You're to happen. You're just putting, putting together good steps. And now it is shared. Now, now we are here to rank. Um, all right. First, we're going to rank this end tag with Officer Kakowski and the kid doing a little true detective. True detective, yeah. Uh, scene. True detective. You remember that show where Matthew McConaughey spends nine episodes whispering vague philosophies? Uh, spends nine episodes that. just shitting on his partner the whole time? Yeah. Am I weird for just, like, I didn't like that show. I, I didn't, didn't, uh, I didn't actually watch it, so I don't, I can't. I bounced off of it pretty hard. Did yeah. not finish the first season. Did not check out the subsequent seasons. I heard that I the, don't know. the second season was bad, but the third season has Mahershala Ali, and I kind of want to watch that. Who is good? I like him. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. This, sometimes you're just like, maybe that's good. There's other shows I could watch, though. You you just explained my life's fucking amount of, motto. The number of people that are like, you haven't seen that? And I'm like, am I any less of a person? No. <laughs> There's no like, shame I, in not having seen a movie or a TV man. show. Doesn't matter how important, quote unquote, or like big the movie is. One. I'm frequently he, like, do I want to watch that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like if you and Jace never get through The Godfather, you're not worse people for it. Sure. Right. Right. You, People you were like, also still... Ghostbusters and you call yourself a nerd? And then I watched Ghostbusters and I was like, that's all it took? Watching Have this? You... It's just That okay. was it? It was fine. It was fine. Sigourney <laughs> Weaver's great. Yeah, she's great. You know, pretty good cast. Ghostbusters. Pretty alright movie. Yeah. But like, this is the thing that we have like twice a decade. We like lose our minds fighting over this. Over this? Yeah, this has been held over, over my head for how long? Over this? <laughs> <laughs> over the Dan Aykroyd ghost blowjob movie? This is yeah, yeah, this is the yeah, thing yeah. that we like is like unacceptable to put women in it. This is the thing where like it's so nice to watch like the trailers for Ghostbusters Afterlife and be like, ah, oh, that's a movie I don't have to see. I haven't watched that- any of those trailers yet. Don't. I don't care. <laughs> what if someone took Ghostbusters really seriously? What if one of those like fan films about like really serious Power Rangers they like made into like a movie? Yeah, sure, sure. That sounds, sounds bad. Like a lot of fun. That sounds like great. 
Uh, it's sometimes it's really nice to just like hear the basic premise of like a movie or a video game or a TV show and go. Eh. I don't have to watch that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one I can just not not uh, even cross off the list. I don't have to dude, put that on the list. It happened last year. Fucking Call of Duty Cold War came out, and the first trailer, I was like, this seems interesting. Saw Ronald Reagan's face and went, cool, don't have to worry about this game. <laughs> don't care. Saw that it don't was like a, a Reagan bootlicking game, and you're like, oh. Oh. I don't have to play uh, that. I don't have to buy Call of Duty <laughs> this year. Very nice. I don't Very have nice. To, and the game comes out, one. and the conversation, the conversation is how Call of Duty lets you commit war crimes, and I'm like, where y'all been for 15 years? <laughs> For every uh, for every Call of Duty game by my watch, Call of Duty is uh, War Crime Simulator. Uh, but you know, Modern Warfare Two. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? Yeah. We, we remember no Russian. All of us. Hmm? How long has it been? And you forgot? I guess that makes sense. How long has it been? I feel like yeah. I guess it's been over ten years now since it's no been Russian. A minute. Yeah, it's been a minute, so I get I get that Modern Warfare Two, and the Adventures of Soap McTavish are not on the tongue. Although soaps on his way back, well, could not care about that. <laughs> could, could not, could uh, not care. I'm, could not care about that if I tried. <laughs> I remember being young and dumb and thinking "Ooh, while playing those games. It's been a long sure. time, but they're kind of fun in the same way that like the original Red Dawn is fun, where you're like, "This is some naked <laughs> jingoism." <laughs> but it's kind of like fun uh, in its over-the-top patriotism. Yeah. I love sense? that you very, very obviously specified the first one. <laughs> the first one, because the second kind of one, fun like the first Red Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. Not the second, second Red you, Dawn. You cannot prove to me. No one can solidly prove to me that they remade Red Dawn with Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> No one can solidly prove that to me. Oh. No one can prove that they filmed it originally to be about China, realized that Chinese business is too important, and then made it about North Korea. No one can prove to me that that happened. <laughs> and if you think you could get me to watch the Red Dawn remake, you're wrong. <laughs> you, you can't Honestly, get me I to think do they were that. wrong about most people caring about that shit. You can't. If you think you can get me to watch the Point Break remake, you can't. Oof. You can't get. I me forgot to do that, that fucking happened. But of it course did. you did, because the first Point Break is still perfect. <laughs> why do we need? <laughs> why do we need a remake? Just go watch Point Break. It yeah. still rules. It's not even that old a movie. <laughs> no, it still looks great. I guess Red Dawn Point isn't Break. either. They're both like. The same era. I think I think Red Dawn shows its age in a lot of ways sure, that Point sure. Break doesn't, both in terms of technology and like, you know, production, but also everything about its everything politics. about its views. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's again, that is why it is fun. Because you're like, this is the most Boy, this is movie. translucent, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is the most like I am a movie that came out in nineteen eighty six. Of any movie I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, it's, this is it's the most Mr. Gorbachev beautiful. tear down that wall movie I've ever seen in my life. A hundred percent. This is like Cold War paranoia, hoorah, 80s, small town America. Yeah. Uh, the Cubans are going to invade. Uh, oh, Red Scape, by... the movie. We can't call yeah. it. Yeah. 
Red Dawn, the movie. <laughs> Red Dawn. I want to go watch Red Dawn. Do you think yeah, I yeah. do? I have time to squeeze that in tonight. It's not a long movie. Um. Anyway, also, fell asleep. Who cares? <laughs> oh yeah, if I fall asleep for the end of Red Dawn, who gives it? Who gives shit. It was a flying shit. Wolverines. Yeah, it's still <laughs> still good. Uh, I mean, a a movie that the Call of Duty franchise is greatly indebted to, right? Like, there's literally uh, um, there's literally a mission in Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three called um, Wolverines, or like, yeah, Wolverines I think it I, it, it might be, yeah, and it's when the yeah. Russians are invading America. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Modern Warfare Two because that is the one that I played. <laughs> but yeah, because well, there's there's remember the Burger Town. Where the Russians are invading, and Keith David is squawking at you over the radio. He's like, "Ramirez, get over here! You're Ramirez." Um, and uh, and then there's a second one I think that's called Wolverines, where it's yeah, you are in occupied America as the Russians are. are wow, I did not think Modern Warfare Two was when they invaded America. Oh no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because right. three that's is like a bunch of London shit. If I remember, three's right. weird. Three's dumb. Three's weird. Yeah, I don't. It's dumb. <laughs> I don't. I, just, I don't care I just so much. I glitched like I was in the Matrix. Three's weird. Three's dumb. Three's weird. Three's dumb. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> this Not is like this. How did they die? Remembering how stupid a game was. Oh well, what game was it? <laughs> Call of Duty. Oh, his poor soul. I almost wait. I kind of want to dust off a copy of Modern Warfare Two and just be like, this game's fucking. <laughs> this game's wild. Don't dust it off. Don't dust it off. They remastered it. They remastered the campaign. Uh, you can play it, and it can I... look tasty. Do and I want to and still be purchase a <laughs> new copy of Modern Warfare 2? That is the question. That is the moral question. Which way, Western man? Oh, do, do I want to do, do I want to pay Activision money right now? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> man, do I want no. to find do I want to like go to my local used game store and try and find a used copy of Modern Warfare 2? Yes, yes I would actually. Yeah. I think I would because uh, fuck it also you can play through the, this fun campaign you get the snowmobile you get yep. that we were supposed to be ranking community episodes yeah like like 10 full minutes ago <laughs> 10 full minutes of modern warfare yeah, you discussion. know people expect oh, God. people come to expect this kid yeah i think we we set the precedent early you know what i mean like yeah. we this is not a new development <laughs> right this, <laughs> this, this is not something people go boy they've never done this before huh this is weird this is what the show is <laughs> Yeah. And and everyone's used Welcome. to it at this point. And if and if you're annoyed, you're not paying me. <laughs> Stop listening. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't care. You don't like it? Uh, then go away. Mm. Yeah. You don't like it? I. It's okay. I Die mad. Yeah. I guess. Uh, okay. So let's rank the end tags. True Detective. Yes. That's um, how we got to. Where fair is like True Detective <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Um. This one's okay. I like a Kakowski. I like this little kid. He wants McDonald's. I don't know if you guys can see. That's literally a kid in a police officer's <laughs> It's adorable, but not very helpful. <laughs> um, I will put it above the Starburns, Starburns Memorial video. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Uh, goodbye, Baby Bird. Our current... Lowest rank season six and tag where they say goodbye to the baby birds. <laughs> Go on, little bird. 
That's just the way it is. Oh, okay. Yep. Rotating. Give it. Give you it's, a it's, I, Keith I line delivery. I don't think it's better than rotating bookcase. I don't either. Great. <laughs> New number 57. Done. Excellent. Uh, true kid detective. Eh? Eh? True detect kid. True detective. <laughs> I'm not going to try and spell No, don't. don't uh, but, but this episode, this episode. Um, <laughs> so both <laughs> of the Secret Revealed episodes are in our top 20. Uh, cooperative Polygraphy, number five. This one won't quite be up there. Um, and Calligraphy, 18. number 18. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, yes, not as good as either of those preceding two episodes. Right. But... Not that far to fall. No, not that far. Um, I like... Mm, I might watch this more readily than Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, but that also may just be because that episode has... That episode's a lot, right? I gotta be in the mood to watch yeah. that episode. Yeah. This episode just feels good to watch because it's just well-written and well-performed. Feels good, but feels good. I gotta, I got, I, I, Abed's uncontrollable Christmas. I'll keep the edge. I think uh, below that epidemiology, as someone that was just rocking out to some ABBA before <laughs> Daddy Host logged on, I gotta give the edge to epidemiology. It's not um, better than contemporary American poultry. Certainly not. So, uh, so what about uh, down at number thirty? Football, feminism, and you. Mm, that one's got some bangers. That one's got some bangers. That's got the racist conversation on the football so field. So good. And Troy's politically conservative high school fight raps. Bing bong, sing along. Your team's out gore because your views are wrong. <laughs> it's beautiful. But if we're ga- let's, if put we're it, let's put it above. Um, let's make it the minute 31. Ooh. Filmmaking Redux? With the Dean making the commercial. Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, never. No, yeah, it's the Dean making the commercial. Um, All right, another season six episode. Lawnmower maintenance and postnatal care. Number 36. Which is the VR episode. I would put this just above that one. Just above. No. I would say just below. Just below, just below, just below. Yeah, studies of and modern God movement. Wept. And <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> I I like it. New number thirty seven. I think it could be interchangeable with, with studies in modern movement, but it does not I, I agree. It does not go below first chain gun. I I I agree. Yeah. I believe. Alright, so new number thirty seven, basic email security. You love. To see, uh, so, Daddy Host, any of uh, your classic pluggable pluggables for uh, the good people out there in listener land? Um, I have a podcast just came out today with me and my buddy Richard, who guested for the first time in a while, but has guested before. We talked about esports and the Activision Blizzard lawsuit um, and had a lot of fun. So check that out. Uh, look up Bounty Board, B-O-U-N-T-Y-B-O-A-R-D, Bounty Board. Two words on all the podcast services. You'll find it. Um, outside of that, I'm working on finishing up me and my grandmother's second season of our podcast about video games called Procedural Generation. 
Um, we are doing all of the Halo games and then the Destiny games to stick with like the Bungie 343 theme. We want to get that going soon, releasing weekly so that you can get an episode every week until the new Halo comes out. That's the goal. Um, I'm working on a script for a podcast show with uh, 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 my cousin. Um, with my cousin, he would be co-starring, um, and then probably rereading or draft, uh, editing drafts, uh, about two brothers that, um, have to, two estranged brothers that have to take their further estranged father's body to its final resting place. And it's in space because I'm a nerd and can't not do things in space. <laughs> um, and that's kind of it. I'm going to, oh shit. Not this, not next week. Um, when you're listening to this, not this week, but the week after I'll be in Florida for a week. Um, I'll still be able to podcast because technology, but I'm excited for that. And that's not really something that you can like shout out or view, but I'm <laughs> shout shouting out it out because it's the first vacation I've taken since I went to Scotland in 2019. So Woo. yeah, going with the whole family and the in-laws are paying. So hey. fucking sick. <laughs> That's yeah. what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a real good. It's a real That's good real. one. That's a real good. Yes. Uh, wunderbar. All right. Love to love to hear it. Love to see it. Uh, let's see. Uh, I will say, you know, I am in uh, pre-pro on uh, my first film project in many years. Uh, since all of my time here in New York, I'm working with some of my uh, most beloved, trusted collaborators, and I'm very, very excited about it. Um, I will say it is also a little pricey. Uh, so patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. If you want to give me, you know, as little as $1 a month, uh, it do add up. You get a bunch of like bonus pods. We should have hopefully like a bonus, another green night chat. If you didn't get enough here, uh, some other stuff coming up. Uh, very, very excited about it. And, uh, a whole bunch of, uh, cool shit on the horizon, but mostly right now irons in the fire, um, let me, let me shout out, let me, let me, uh, let me shout out some comics. How about that? Comics I didn't yeah, make. Do it. <laughs> other, do it. other people's comics. Um, so there's comics a new series. Comics that be good. OPC. Uh, OPC. Um, there's a, there's, um, a new comic series just dropped, like, last week as of this recording. So two weeks ago when this goes up. Um, new comic from a little known publisher. Uh, one of my favorite comics writers who have talked about on the show a lot, Mark Russell. Uh, did the Flintstone series that is excellent, did Snagglepuss, did uh, Second Coming, the movie about, or the comic about Jesus and Superman who are roommates. Um, those are all excellent. And he's got a new book from, uh, with artist Mike Diodato, one of the best fucking comics artists in the goddamn game right now. Did a lot of goddamn excellent Marvel comics drawing, did some fucking Thor books that just kick so much ass. Uh, but they have a new book called Not All Robots about um, our our quickly approaching uh, techno future. Like everything yeah. Mark Russell writes, it is very funny and very sad. And I love it tremendously. And I like to like to shout out the li- the smaller publishers who are putting out these excellent books. But it might be, be might be easy to pass over them because of all the because comics is largely dominated by two giant companies who produce <laughs> nearly identical work. Um, and as much as I often enjoy work from those companies, holding a Marvel comic in my hand, um, it is nice to go out and support the smaller other companies. Other yeah, exactly. There's a there's a lot of this week was huge in 
independent comics and like what is possibly the future of comics outside of the big two i don't think we have enough perspective on it yet to sure. judge uh how far it's going the the Substack business that is currently underway but um it's interesting comics is a very interesting place to be right now it is an industry yeah. that uh does not make a lot of money but it's a very interesting place to be right now uh, my pull list is insane there's so many excellent comics coming out right now um i'll go ahead and shout out another one yeah, i'll cool. do it i'll, I'll be wild Fucking like that go off we talked about call of duty for 30 minutes that's right so i can do whatever the fuck i want yeah um another another book uh that i've been reading uh an independent book from from boom studios who is really up and coming boom yep. is Boom's starting to up. put out some yeah. fucking exquisite shit lately and for a while i feel like they were just a kid's comic publisher which is great kids read comics kids kids should read comics that is not a um not a problem not but a problem if that name niche. put you off because you associate them with kids comics they are doing a lot of fucking interesting shit um in in other comics uh, a book i've been reading and just devouring called we only find them when they are dead uh which i've probably talked about on the show before but uh it is cool. a, it is a yeah it's an incredible book it has some of the most fucking phenomenal art i've seen in a long long time and uh, is written by al ewing who's one of my goddamn favorite probably my current favorite comics artist like or, or writer the guy whose name on a book tells me money <laughs> yeah. time to hand over yeah. hold on let me like rick remember uh, yeah uh, we only we hold i want to get the artist's name i would feel i would feel terrible because comics are art did you know that uh yeah. there are a lot of pictures in them uh, we only find them when they're dead um which is and i hate that most websites still only primarily credit the comic writer simone de mayo thank you yeah simone de mayo who's doing some just absolutely fucking spectacular work uh on this book but it's about cosmonauts holy and, christ uh, are you some seeing some like spreads fucking incredible aha uh -huh. are you seeing some of these goddamn spreads oh my god um, it is about cosmonauts on the edge who go to deep space and harvest the material from the corpses of dead gods. These massive gods that come from dark space, deceased, and we harvest their material for for good things. And it's about the crew on one particular spaceship and their and their histories and their adventures. And like every time I think I figured out where this book is going or what it is doing, I am incorrect. <laughs> I am wrong, Amazing. and that is beautiful. Um, it's absolutely, uh, there's one trade volume out right now, and I'm sure there's another one coming because the book is still coming out and, uh, absolutely go down to your local comic shop, order it online from your local comic shop. Pick this one up. Absolutely. Absolutely worth your time. Just uh, completely incredible art. Good, uh, space adventure shit. Uh, I love it. I love some, I love some thoughtful sci-fi. Gotta say love uh as much as i like pew pew sci-fi i also like sci-fi that make you go hmm <laughs> love it love it love it love it uh so that's excellent so go go and read some comics they're great and if you also, don't know where to start this art a lot of this art's done by women and it's incredible it's like cool, illustrated right? by simone de mayo color assists by maria sara miati the a variant covers are by tony infante and fucking jenny frisson like there's a lot of oh, And those are some of the best in the game. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of amazing best. female talent in one place. You're, you're doing the you're doing a 
you're doing a personal crime if you do if you don't go look at this. I'm gonna go to my comic book shop to fucking morrow. Yeah, pick this one up, and it's like it's. I think the first volume is probably gonna run you like ten bucks or something like that. It's a hundred percent worth it. Um, and sometimes I I do read some digital comics basically every night. You know, I read on my Marvel Unlimited or my Viz Media, but there is something about holding a physical comic book. And when you get to those, especially those two-page spreads, and you can just behold them in your hands. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a, it it's really a lot like the Green Knight, Kev. <laughs> Sometimes, you gotta see it big. <laughs> not on a little screen. Yeah. Do not watch the Green Knight on your phone. Do not read We Only Find Them When They're Dead on your phone. Read it big. Book, hold it in uh, your hands. Hold it in your hands. Uh, and anyway, so that is that is uh, my, my comic book uh, dork nonsense coming out. Uh, we will be back next week with the halfway point on season six and one of the best episodes of the season, the return of Rick slash subway. Yeah. Oh, this one's going to be good. And, uh, I don't know how hard I should study the Frankie monologue. I feel like there are expectations of me at this point. (laughs) And should I, uh should i should i do one of the this season has like three of the best monologues on the entire show and we are about to get to frankie's centerpiece this is this is a clip i share endlessly and i never get tired of watching the other one of course being elroy encouraging white people which we still have a little bit before we get to that one Um, (laughs) that one's really fucking good though that one's so this oh, guy knows oh. how to eat a meatball. <laughs> Look at you, working that asparagus. <laughs> but until next week, pop, pop, pop. Oh wait. Oh no, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Oh Lord, no. That's not it either. <laughs> yeah, I well, I could play that. I was just gonna play the theme song, and it's not in my soundboard anymore, so. Womp womp. Bum 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 This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.